You're listening to episode 75 of the Musicpreneur Mindset Podcast. Hey, we're Sub Radio. You're listening to the Musicpreneur Mindset Podcast. Here's your host, Suze, founder of the Rockstar Advocate. Hello, you're listening to episode 75, Musicpreneur Spotlight, Megan Kuhar. I'm your host, Suze, a mindset coach helping music professionals get clear on their goals and find the time to get it all done while maintaining a healthy work-life balance. For the month of January, each new episode of this podcast will feature a spotlight on another music industry expert. I usually keep it to interviewing only musicians, but I wanted you to start this year off with some amazing tips from people who help musicpreneurs just like you make money from their craft on the daily. With this new year and decade upon us, all you hear these days is set your goals, declare your resolutions, as if this new turn on the calendar will magically make you a new person with new superpowers. Sure, there is a new, fresh energy that comes with the new year, but it can't magically take away the stress and overwhelm you felt just a few short weeks ago in 2019 when it came to growing your music career. You're still growing it, right? You're still feeling stressed about certain areas of the business, particularly like, oh, I don't know, social media. How about marketing and branding? How about using all of these tech platforms and automation and the thought of providing your audience with consistent, valuable content? I have a feeling each of those words I just mentioned caused your body to tense up even just the slightest. Yeah, I get it. You got in this industry to make music or help others make music, not to spend hours a day trying to beat algorithms and worry about hashtags. I couldn't think of a better person to feature in 2020's first episode than musicpreneur Megan Kuhar, a musician in her own right and a marketing tech coach for musicpreneurs. Megan is authentic as they come, transparent in what's worked and what hasn't for her so she can share her lessons with her audience. She takes a unique approach to coaching musicpreneurs, as she says in our interview. She doesn't just tell you what you need to do, she shows you how to do it, how to set up that podcast, how to improve your video skills, etc. This hands-on approach has made her an effective coach who's created incredible tools to help take the overwhelm out of marketing your brand. Her tools, blog, and additional resources can be found at megan-kuhar.com. That's M-E-G-A-N dash k-u-h-a-r.com. When I saw her 30-day content map filled with prompts to take the guesswork out of posting on social media, I asked her if she'd be on my show and we decided to do a swap. On her website, you'll also find a link to her great podcast that I hope you'll all go subscribe to, the Fan Finder Podcast. And my interview on her podcast is out this week as well. Head on over to the show notes, therockstaradvocate.com forward slash EP75 to find links to subscribe and hear our episode together. In the meantime, I'm so excited to share my chat with Megan on her decision to help other musicians, how she manages tech overwhelm and feeling like a phony online, her journey to find her own family band to belong to, and where her loyalties lie in the boy band debate of 2020. Take a listen. Megan, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Like I've told my audience, I just, I'm a big fan of the services that you provide musicians because it's so important. So thanks for being here with us. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. 
Yeah. So, you know, I found your story and, and your journey through this industry so interesting and yet also incredibly relatable. <laughs> and I really, I, in terms of, you know, I know you mentioned on your website, when you hit a fork in the road, you went back to school and got another degree. And that's, that's very similar to, to my own journey. I wanted to start with really applauding your transparency, um, because I too have a similar backstory when it comes to starting a business. Um, you said on your website that you made less than $5,000 in your first four years of one of your businesses. And I've definitely been there myself. And I, I want to know for you, was it scary to share that? Like, did you hesitate to share that? And what made you decide to share that on your website with your audience? Yeah. Wow. That's a really good question. And I think I mean, the answer, the quick answer is like, I didn't really hesitate to share that at all because I think it's important to be transparent and to be honest. I think too many times, like, I don't know, coaches and, and other business people, entrepreneurs, they tend to like kind of gloss over the bad stuff and talk about the good stuff. And I just really, I don't know, it's not like it was even bad. It was just like the fact, like I... <laughs> I had a business uh, called Hey Paletti. My maiden name is Paletti and it was a recording company. And, you know, honestly, I didn't try to make it a full-time business. I wasn't even trying that hard, but I was trying to get more gigs and it was just, it was tough. I did um, in-person recording. So I actually like traveled places and recorded and they were all on location. And so, you know, I just, and I worked totally word of mouth. So everything just happened like when somebody recommended me. So yeah, I mean, I was just kind of fumbling around trying stuff for like four years, basically. You know, when as soon as I started like really taking it seriously and really thinking about like, what's my brand and how do I want to market and like what other types of value can I provide besides like recordings? Um, that's when things really started to um, take a little bit more direction and I was featured in um, Goyubu's side hustle school just for like having a side hustle that made a good amount of money. And, you know, it never, it never became full-time business, but it led to my full-time job and um, it really helped to define my career path in a huge way that I wasn't even really aiming for at all. It just really kind of led me like, cause right now I'm a professor at a university conservatory of music. And, um, the reason why I got this job is because I had entrepreneurial experience and because I had marketing experience and, um, you know, because I had done all those things. So, and also doing the recordings and videography and everything. So, um, you know, it, it sort of like laid a foundation for a job that I was able to take that provided me my full-time income. So it was kind of, it became full-time in a roundabout way. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's really interesting. And I know that your background obviously is in music and much more, would you say the, the classical genre in particular? Um, yeah, although I've always been a rock musician, like, and that's the reason why I always started, like, I didn't grow up with classical music. I grew up with, like, the Beach Boys and my oh, favorite yeah. band. My favorite band was the Beach Boys when I was really little. And then when I got to be a little bit older, it became Hanson. <laughs> so that was like, those are like my two favorites. And, um, but no, I was like super into rock and roll and, and pop and everything. But, um, but I wanted to study in a conservatory. So I kind of, and I was in band, like I was always in band. And um, 
doing choir and band and stuff. But yeah, I wanted to learn in a conservatory. So I did that. And, um, but ever since then, really, I'm focusing on, I actually played in rock bands primarily. So um, my education was classically trained, but the music I wanted to play was not. Yeah. So understood. I, I myself grew up listening to the Beach Boys, so I completely oh, yeah. agree on that. <laughs> yep. That's mm-hmm. awesome. So that it's clear then, you know, why you have decided to help musicians, um, you know, primarily, but I'm curious, you know, you call yourself a marketing tech coach for musicians. So why did you feel that this was the particular way you wanted to help musicians? Why, why tech and marketing? Yeah. So I have, um, like you were talking about, um, you know, the fork in the road and getting another degree is <laughs> basically that happened to me twice. So, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I got my first degree and then I like twice didn't know what I was doing and got more degrees and they were always in technology. So, um, I went for audio engineering, um, and then I did a master's in music technology. And the reason why I really wanted to help musicians with this is because, it's such a common um, conversation that I have with my students and with my clients. It's like, I'm bad at technology or I don't understand technology or um, they just feel really frozen when it comes to it. And I'm comfortable with it. And, um, you know, it's been my hope that I've been in technology in some way. So um, I just love working with musicians because I love helping musicians um, share about their work and share about their art and share about their music. Um, and what I provide for them is I provide for them, um, like help with marketing, but at the same time, I also can teach them how to start a podcast and how to make a better video and how to make a website and how to, um, edit better photos and things like that. So we talk strategy and branding, but I also can talk about all of the tech stuff. Like that's kind of my bread and butter. So um, it's really, um, it's a cool mix. I think it's kind of all those things combined into one um, service. Yeah, absolutely. I love, you know, it's it's a plethora of things, but it's also so niche in terms of the fact that, as you said, I mean, you can coach them through this. You know, it's it's not just, you know, here are some branding tips or the best ways to to build your brand. It's like, here's actually how to do it. <laughs> here's like yeah. the you know, you design this graphic. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's so great. And so as you work with them, what do you feel they struggle with the most when it comes to building their brand? Like, is there something in particular they're most resistant to, or is it all a mindset thing? Like what have you come across most? I would say at first it's usually a mindset thing. One of the most recurring excuses I'm going to say (laughs) that I hear is I don't have time. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) You know that one. Um, I don't have time. I wish I had more hands. Um, That is definitely the first hurdle that we have to kind of jump over. And really the answer to that is it's not that you don't have time. It's that you aren't making this a priority. You know, if that is figured out and if they kind of are like, Oh, it actually will save me time and frustration if I learn how to plan content and, (laughs) and like create a strategy. And, um, you know, 
instead of spending three hours on Canva, like freaking out, I can just spend 30 minutes and make a bunch of stuff because I know what I'm doing now. Yeah. Um, you know, all of that, like it actually really saves you time if you learn it the right way. So, and if you have a, if you have a plan, like most people go into marketing and technology with little to no plan. They just know that they want people to care about what they do, but they have no idea how to say that or how to um, actually like cohesively share a message. And um, they don't know how to say it in a way that creates conversation and creates connection. So that's my main thing that I really try and work with first is like, stop worrying about numbers, stop worrying about algorithms, stop worrying about how many likes you have and really, and stop telling me you don't have time <laughs> and really um, make a strategy and learn how to create content that actually gives you like loyal followers and people that are like really into what you're doing. And it doesn't matter how many of them there are. Yeah. 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 That's, that's perfect. I, we should, we should probably, you know, tag team together. <laughs> they don't have time. I'll show them how to make time and then I'll send them to you to go learn all the things they need to learn. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's, that's so funny. Cause that's, it's like, I feel like every person in the music industry, that's kind of a coach or some kind of, um, you know, helper or teacher or something. They always have to first tell the tell their clients like, no, there is time. Right. Right. <laughs> you have to make it like, <laughs> it's unbelievable. I mean, it's like, I, that, that's what made me start my business because it's all I constantly hear. I don't have time. I don't have time. And you hit the nail on the head. It's like, no, you're just not making it a priority. Um, and, and as you, you know, I saw one, I loved your freebie download that you give away. And, and for all those listening, it's in the show notes, make sure you go check out Megan Kuhar's 30 day of social media content because um, it's really great. Uh, it's so funny when I, when I saw that my assistant and I, we spent, you know, a good chunk of time getting, you know, walking myself through this process where I wanted to try to automate my social media and then figuring out, you know, what my themes were or what my touch tones that I wanted to talk about were. And then I came across your freebie and I was like, light bulb moment. Yes. This is like, you know, this is, it's so great to just have a plan of, you know, some prompts to be like, okay, yeah, there's so many ideas out there and so many things that we can talk about. But when you let the stress of it all get to you, you're like brain freezes and you're like, I have nothing to say, <laughs> but well, you know, I love that you map it out for people. Like, yeah, it's, it's, here's 30 pieces of content that you can come up with. It's, it's yeah. You know, it's great. Totally. And you don't have to use all 30 of those ideas, but hopefully they give you like some inspiration to figure out more things that might work for you. And mm -hmm. I think like one of the things that people, people do the most is that um, when they get into that panic stress mode where they're like, I don't know, I don't know what to talk about. I don't know what to do. They freeze. Right. And then they don't create stuff or they just like reactively create content where they're like, right. uh, snap a selfie. Okay. Show Friday. Hope you come. And it's right. like, right. that's not helpful at all. Right. Like that's it's not a strategy. <laughs> yeah. It's 0% helpful. People are just going to see that and go, Oh, cool. And like, maybe they'll like your photo, but that doesn't really mean that they're going to get excited for your next photo that you're going to share and like actually want to go to your show and actually download your single. So yeah. So it just creates this like reactive posting that it's just not it's not a strategy and right. I think that's the thing like 
the stress creates reactive posting and that's just that's just not a good place to go to yeah absolutely and you know speaking of getting stuck and having those mental roadblocks i mean we've mentioned you know when when you get stuck in a fork in a road in life uh you know you and i have both gone back to school uh, and gotten other degrees, learned new things, uh, which I think is is great. Um, but when you get stuck, say on a daily basis, if you hit a, a mental roadblock, what are some of the ways you unstick yourself? <laughs> what are some of the ways that you come up with new content or get over a mental roadblock you might encounter? So that's a great question. And actually, I'm in the middle of doing that right now. <laughs> because I kind of, I kind of got to this point where I was like, really going into like some spirals of like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I feel like things aren't going well. And you know, sometimes it just happens. Like you just kind of make things up in your mind. And um, I decided to like, just take a break. I actually haven't really been posting on Instagram, partially because the semester was ending and things are really crazy at work. And I was like, you know what, I just need to like, not stress about creating this content right now and just focus on what I can focus on. And while I've been taking that break, it's actually been amazing because I have really been planning the crap, if I can say that. Yeah. Oh, we could say uh, much worse on here. <laughs> I know. I was like, I don't know. Crap is that's not a swear word. Um I've been I've been planning January to every single day I have planned now um nice. already. And I have about as of today, I have about 20 of the days actually scheduled and written out with the media Ugh. there and everything. So like taking a break has been amazing for me. And it's not just that I had more time to actually do stuff. It's that I had clarity. Like mm. I was just able to like clear out some of the like, because I myself was getting into reactive mode and I realized it when I took the breaks. So yeah, that's the first thing I try and do is just like, you know what, I need to step away, even if it's just for a day. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in this case, it's a little bit of a longer thing. But like, I just was like, you know what, Christmas, Thanksgiving, like, I'm just gonna like chill for a minute and figure out what I'm doing for 2020. So that's kind of what I've been um, doing. And it's been really, really helpful for me. Oh, I love that so much. We're like kindred spirits. I love, <laughs> I love everything that you have to say. You know, I, I think that's so important because you know on this podcast we talk a lot about sustainability i try a lot to really emphasize the point that we're in this for the long run you know we want careers out of this we want you know to be able to make money from the things that we love and not have it just be a flash in the pan or just a quick little thing we did once. You can't have sustainability always going 100 miles an hour all the time. I had a musician recently ask me just yesterday, I was talking about time management and taking breaks and, and seeing your friends and family. And they said, well, I'm in the middle of launching something right now. So I'm really not seeing my friends and family all that much. Like, am I doing something wrong? And I said to them, well, no, you know, you're in the middle of a launch. So like that, that's one thing, you know, but that, that's like a peak and then it dips down again. So as long as you then take a break after the launch and you go back and, and live your life and, and go easy on yourself, that way you can go hard next time when it's time for the next launch. And I love how you describe the fact that taking this break enabled you to, you know, I have no doubt you're going to knock January out of the park because 
you've taken the time to do that. And so many people will look at your January content and say, man, how did she do that? Like, she's got so much consistent content and it's so great. And it's like, how does she do this? And it's like, yeah, because she takes breaks. Yeah, because <laughs> like, I did it in November. Right, <laughs> like, right. You, you paused. In, yeah. Right? It had... Like people that you see online that are killing it out there, it doesn't, there There has to be breaks in there because nobody can do that sustainably always at like on a, on a high quality level. There has to be that restful period so that you can prepare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for explaining that. Yeah. I love well, that. And then just like, it just means that you're thinking big picture. Like you have yeah. to, if you're just like doing this every day, you panic and post something there's no big picture there. That's just like day to day and it's not grabbing and it's not, you know, engaging. It's just, you need to have like a big arc planned or you need to have like an idea of what you want the end to be and what, you you know, like that's kind of what I've been really focusing on is like, what's the big picture here? What am I trying to get to? And you can only really do that if you like do that bird's eye view and just really Mm -hmm. think about it and take that break. Absolutely. And, you know, as we're, we're talking about all of this and we, we touched upon some of the things that musicians tend to be resistant to with creating this brand. And, and I think you just hit upon another one, which is, you know, not taking those breaks and not, you know, I love that you said panic and post. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like, sounds like a syndrome. It's like, I have panic and post syndrome. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and I know you have this amazing masterclass called how to build a brand without feeling like a phony. And, and I love that. And I have a couple of questions about it, but my, my first question about it is why do you feel like so many people and, and musicians in particular, uh, feel like phonies when building a brand? Like why that, that topic, that title really resonated with me. Why do you feel that this is something that needs to be addressed? Oh my gosh. Well, get ready for a long response. (laughs) Get to me. (laughs) This is my platform that I jump on. Um, So I have this theory that I think that musicians and artists, but a lot of times musicians, I think even more so than like any other artists, we're just trained to be perfectionists and we're trained to do all of our work in secret and then come out with like a most amazing finished product. Mm. And um, what that means is that when you start kind of like letting people into the process, you start feeling like you're not, um, I don't know, like you're narcissistic, like you're bragging, like you're like, oh, look at all this amazing stuff I'm doing, or um, that you feel like you're self-centered or I think a lot of times people feel that way. And the reason why is because they tell me they feel that way. Right. <laughs> um, it, it's every single person I, I, almost every single student I have taught and almost all my clients are like, isn't that kind of like getting annoying? Am I getting annoying? Am I bragging too much? I I'm like, no, like, listen, like if you don't talk about what you're doing, then nobody else is going to talk about it. A lot of times our instincts, um, especially if you're younger and you've been using social media for like most of your adult life, your instinct is going to be to just kind of copy what other people are doing Mm. um, because you don't really know what you're doing. So you see like um, Beyonce post a selfie with no caption and you're like, oh, that's how you do Instagram. Okay. (laughs) But it's like, you know, 
that's going to feel phony because that's, you're just trying to copy somebody else. Um, and also it's not going to work because you don't have that much of a following. So like, you know, it's just this cycle of like, I'm scared to let people into the process because I think I'm bragging, but then I'm going to give in, I'm going to do it. And when I do it, I'm going to copy somebody else and then I'm going to feel phony and, and it's going to make me uninspired. And then I'm just like frozen. And it's just like a never ending cycle. If you start with that mindset, that's where you're going to end up. So the whole masterclass is all about um, breaking that, that cycle of like messageless marketing is kind of how I mm. phrase it. It's like marketing that has no message. Um, breaking that cycle and like getting out of the, the fear of like that phoniness following through and figuring out like, how do you um, put together like an online presence that actually is consistent and that um, is a brand that doesn't make you feel confused or uninspired or, you know, that's what the whole masterclass is about. So I, I, I hope it's really helpful for people and that um, it's valuable and that people are, um, you know, inspired to kind of like actually be themselves instead of um, copying what other people are doing. <laughs> yeah. So I, I've, I'm so glad you're, you've, you've created this for artists because it's so important. And to our listeners out there, I hope you're taking notes. We want to stay away from panic and posting and we want to stay away from me messageless marketing. I love that. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm just, I'm a alliteration nerd. Yeah. So I love that. Like the hyphens, like phony free marketing, messageless marketing, you know? Yeah. I love it. I love it. And so, you know, who, who would this masterclass be for? I mean, can any musician take it? Should they, should they be at a certain point in their career or at a certain point in their strategy? I mean, who, who ideally would this masterclass be for? Um, it's for specifically for musicians. So it's any musician, um, but it, you don't have to be at any point. Like you just basically have to be ready to work at something and learn some things that you can apply immediately. You'll learn like the biggest mistakes to avoid. You'll learn my formula for marketing, attracting ideal fans. It's just, yeah, it's for any musician that feels like they're stuck and feels uninspired and feels like they're panic and posting and uh -huh. just, um, you know, not really sure where to start. That's awesome. So um, everyone, make sure you go to the show notes for the link. And you, you can also tell us here, what, what link can they go to uh, to sign up for that masterclass? Yeah, they can go to megan-kuhar.com slash masterclass. Slash masterclass. There you go. So if you guys need that again, you know where to find it in the show notes. Um, I think that's amazing. It's such a useful tool. And remember, listeners, as, as we all... Um, often talk about on this podcast is about taking action. As Megan said, if you're going to show up and do the work, then this masterclass is for you. I, I feel too many people take all the classes and then they don't take the actions. So, yeah. so it's great that you have an action-packed teaching <laughs> that, yes, they can, that they can learn from. I think that's so super important uh, that a lot of people miss. And one of the things that I, I really also love switching gears a little bit when I was learning more about you and it's, it's so clear that you teach branding and marketing because you had such a captivating story and, you know, really a thought out kind of layout to your, to your website and to giving us the, all we need to know about you. And one of the things that I really enjoyed reading about was about the She League. 
And I love multi-passionate people and um, entrepreneurs that have all these different facets to, to what they put out there. So can, can you tell us more about the She League and what inspired you to um, help create it? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I've had a lot of interests over the years. Uh, so, but yeah, the She League is um, a podcast that I have with my friend, Hillary. Um, she's going to be my sister-in-law in like uh, in May. So in Aww. a few months, um, <laughs> she's um, engaged to my husband's brother. Um, yeah, we started this podcast and blog that was just kind of a way that we wanted to celebrate women women and get to know them and just share stories and whatever we wanted to talk about, um, any topic basically. So we have an ongoing series on the blog called Cool Woman, where we, Hillary is a photographer. And so we would go physically to a, to a house local to us and take photos of them. Or like one of them, we met, um, this, this girl, Dina, who runs a thrift blog and we met her at a thrift store and we talked about thrifting and took photos. Um, my favorite episode that we did ever is episode three, where we talked about boy bands and we compared <laughs> Instinct and Backstreet Boys. And it was, I did take a look at that. I did. <laughs> that was one of my favorite things I've ever done. It so was good. so much fun. Uh, and yeah, so it's, um, it was a, it's a lot of fun. It's, um, we're on like a little break right now too, but I'm sure we'll pick up some more episodes in 2020. So it was a really fun, really fun project. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> I loved it so much. And when I saw the whole boy band thing, I was like, yes, I must check this out right oh now. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who would awesome. you, you pick, NSYNC or Backstreet Boys? I, okay. Listen, NSYNC all the way. I, mm-hmm. t- to me, their harmonies were better. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I just felt that their lyrics made more sense. There's a lot of Backstreet Boys songs where I'm like, what does that even mean? And, and I know they had a lot of Swedish writers yeah, write their why. songs. So yeah. usually the translations don't work out. I don't think, I don't think it's a translation. I think it's, they didn't care about lyrics. They just wanted well, like, true. true. Yeah. I remember um, reading an interview about uh, Britney Spears hit me baby one more time. And they said the Swedish um, songwriters misunderstood when like we would say like, Oh, hit me up on my, you know, hit me up. So they just said, uh-huh. hit me, baby. And uh-huh. like, th- that meant like, call me. <laughs> and when they were, were like, people explained to them later, like, no, it's hit me up. They're like, oh, well, th- it works in the song. <laughs> it works, yeah. It works. It's good we enough. also did a Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera episode. So you oh. should check that out too. Oh man, yeah. I love it. <laughs> I love it. And so it would, where would Hanson fall in there if you had to? Um, please don't, okay. <sighs> I talked about Hanson. Don't get me started. Hanson is not a boy band. They are a real band. One of my best <laughs> friends. I will talk about it in another 45 minutes. <laughs> Nicole, if you're listening, I, I don't mean to anger you. My my friend Nicole has seen them hundreds of times. She knows. Oh, yeah. like, she waited backstage. She like I've knows their bodyguards. <laughs> I haven't seen, I've seen them maybe eight and I've met them twice so I feel pretty yes. good about that but actually they're in town here in like two days and I'm not going which is kind of sad but um but yeah I am, your friend I am, can message me I will I say I'm very happy to see they're still making music I yeah. I do think they're talented it does blow my mind though I think between all of them they have like 40 kids by now uh yeah there's a lot of kids yeah <laughs> well they're from Oklahoma I feel like it's just like a thing right but I it's funny because like they and 
okay, so they are a family band and that was what made me want, well, and the Beach Boys, what made me want to have a family band. And that was kind of what like started me wanting to play in a band because I like, I wished I had siblings that played music and my siblings don't. So it was like, I was really jealous. And (sighs) then I got married to a drummer who plays in a band and his brother is in the band and now I'm in that band and I'm in a family band. <laughs> Aww. My dreams yeah, eventually, came true. Eventually everything works out the way it's meant to. <laughs> yep. That is so cute. I love yeah. it. Um, it worked out. <laughs> so now, sorry audience, we, we went off on our own um, <laughs> boy band tangent, but I loved every second of it. Um, it's time for the rapid fire question part of our oh. episode. Yes. So, um, if you could go back and tell yourself any lesson, what would it be? Chill out, girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Everything will be fine. <laughs> if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Mm, um, teleportation. Mm. Could really use that in New York. Could really, really use that. <laughs> and um, if uh, you could invite three musicians, living or dead, to dinner, who would they? Well, be? what we just talked about, Hanson. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know why I. Isaac Taylor and Zach Hanson. No, <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't waste it on all three of them. I would choose. Oh, okay. you'd have to pick one then. Well, I would pick one. I would pick Zach because he's a drummer and I'm a drummer, so that's fine. All right. And I would pick um, Tom York. Um, and gosh, they're all men though. That's not good. I need a. <laughs> um, you know what? Michelle Branch is an amazing. Um, she has an amazing story, and I just listened to a podcast with her, and it's incredible the amount of like BS she went through and about that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. On this podcast, we're all about actions and, and I know you are as well. Usually I do my best to have like a downloadable worksheet or some action for our audience to take each week. So when I have a guest on my show, it's their turn to tell our audience something to go do. What action would you like our audience to take? Oh my gosh, that is an awesome, awesome question. I think um, one thing that you can do that would make a huge impact is to fix your Instagram bio so it's not a bunch of random stuff. So make it so that the first part of your bio is an impact statement that shares exactly what you do and what you're trying to aim for. And then the second part of your bio is a call to action for your link. And then your link is something that leads people to a specific thing, not just your domain. Also make some stories highlights that are like, think of your stories highlights like your FAQ section on your website. Mm. That's, that's really cool. I like that a lot. Uh, listeners, we're going to have everything she just said all mapped out in steps in the show notes. So if you missed any of that, go check out the show notes page. I want to thank you so much. And I also want to add to that. I want to implore all of our listeners to go sign up for Megan's masterclass. You will not regret it. You're going to learn so much. So make sure you go sign up for her class, how to build a brand without feeling like a phony. You're not going to regret it. Megan, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. Thanks so much for having me. I love having teachers on our show because they always know how to break things down and really hone in on a topic. 
I want to thank Megan again for her time and for having me on her show, the FanFinder podcast. A link to that episode can be found in the show notes, so stop by therockstaradvocate.com forward slash EP75 to find the link and leave me a comment in the comments section. What was your biggest takeaway from today? Who's your favorite boy band? I'm open to all the things that you want to share. Megan's 30-day content map is a fantastic tool to take away the overwhelm in your social media. And my 2020 Rockstar Life Planner is available to help you map out the rest of your plans. Access them both in the show notes. That's therockstaradvocate.com forward slash EP75. Or email me anytime, suz, S-U-Z, at therockstaradvocate.com, and I'll send you links to both. And if you already have the planner, I'd love to know what you think of it. Head on over to Amazon and leave a rating or review. Send me a snapshot of it, and I'll send you a discount code for 20% off any product or service that I offer. If you need a link to the planner on Amazon, head on over to the show notes page. Thanks so much for tuning in, and stay tuned for next week to hear from our next guest expert, Jordan Valariat, a successful musicpreneur starting out as a producer and studio owner who now coaches musicpreneurs in growing successful online businesses. Until next time, Rockstar, have a wonderful week, and I hope to see you back here next week so we can get grounded to get rising. Take care.